Hello, and welcome to Public Affairs on WRBH. I'm Natalie Sproul, and today we're going to be talking to Vivi Perilla with Project Heal at Tulane. Uh, we're going to be discussing eating disorders, body image, all sorts of stuff like that, which I personally find very important, especially in today's social media heavy environment. Um, so tell us a little bit about Project Heal and yourself and why you got involved. So Project Heal is a nonprofit organization and it spans the country. So there are 40 chapters right now, and that also includes Canada and Australia. Oh. And chapters have opened up across universities, um, cities, really anywhere where there's a need and a focus for eating disorder awareness and education. So last January of 2017, I started Project Heal at Tulane after just seeing a really big need for eating disorder awareness and education and not just eating disorders, but body positivity as well. I think a lot of not just girls on campus, but boys as well struggle with the high pressures of the academic environment and a lot of people that attend a, a school like Tulane struggle with perfectionism, which is something that really goes hand in hand with eating disorders. And unfortunately, in our society today, disordered eating is very normalized. And that's something that I just I witnessed as a student. I've also had really close family members in my family struggle with eating disorders and even close friends at Tulane. So this was something that I thought was really important. So I started it last year. Amazing. So it's a national organization. Yes. And so did you just reach out to them and say that you saw a need on your campus and then they kind of gave you some resources to start the chapter? Yep. Um, in 2013, I actually helped my cousin start the chapter in Miami. Okay. And then I took a break from that. She took the lead on it. And I wasn't really involved until again last year. And I just reached out to them. I applied. You have to apply to be a chapter. And then I had to go through Tulane and also apply for it to be an organization on campus. Okay. So what do you guys do exactly on Tulane's campus? We do a lot of different things. So we hold meetings every other Sunday. And at these meetings, we try to make them informative but fun. So trying to stick to our mission of raising awareness and education um, getting a conversation started, I think that's really important. Eating disorders are not talked about. They're very stigmatized. Mm -hmm. And talking about it's really the only way that people are going to feel okay reaching out for help and feeling like it's okay to talk about. So I try to incorporate this through doing different activities at our meetings. And we also do events on campus. So part of Project Heal's mission, the national chapter, their main goal is to send people to treatment that can't afford it. Treatment can cost up to $30,000 a month and most insurances do not cover. So something that the chapters try to do is raise money and all the money goes directly back to Project Heal and into funds. And then people that are motivated and want to recover but don't have the resources to apply for grants and scholarships and they get sent to treatment. Wow, that's really amazing actually because I think access to recovery is really important. I yeah, know that absolutely. it can be really hard for people to, one, find the place that they need to go and two, be able to afford it. So yeah. that's really awesome. And it's a really important process. But so what sort of things on campus do you guys hold for students? Like, can anyone join this club? Is this club for people who are seeking help or is it more for people who want to help others? What kind of stuff do you guys do with that? So this is open to anyone. We're still pretty new, so we're trying to get the word out. We want everyone to feel welcome in coming. You do not have to have struggled with an eating disorder 
Um, you don't need to have really known anything about eating disorders. Just want to kind of help us spread that mission of body positivity and acceptance, trying to educate people about eating disorders as we educate you about them and different events. For example, last week was National Eating Disorder Awareness Week. So we hosted Southern Smash, which is an, another organization, and they send us something called a smash kit and we put on the event ourselves. And basically, it's just a fun way to promote uh, body positivity and a healthy relationship with yourself. And that doesn't include weighing yourself every day and getting stuck on a number and just kind of reinforcing and emphasizing that you're more than a number. So they sent us a bunch of scales and we had people write all over them and we just smashed them with sledgehammers. <laughs> so yeah, that's that was really awesome. Fun. I heard about that on campus. That's mm -hmm. really interesting. But I'm glad that you brought up um, National Eating Disorder Awareness Week because that was last week. Yes. And I know the theme this year was let's get real. Mm -hmm. And you also talked about starting a conversation. Last year's theme was talk about it. Right. And so I think that both of them are super important. But for let's get real, what did that kind of mean for you guys this year? And how did you sort of take that theme and kind of incorporate it in your guys's message? I think just speaking out awareness, like I said, eating disorders are really their mental illness are not talked about. And people don't really realize the seriousness of it. I think oftentimes people just think, oh, eating disorders, that's, you know, a white girl problem. That's someone that just wants to be skinny. And that's not the case at all. Eating disorders affect everyone, male, woman, um, you know, gay, lesbian, transgender, bisexual, straight, literally anyone, any socioeconomic status, they don't discriminate. And I think that's really, really important to get that across. So that's something that we kind of did throughout the week just on our social media platform educate people and then also through selling smash and we also hosted a fundraiser at cycle bar so just oh awesome getting the word out yeah i think that the stigmas especially around mental illness are really a big issue and with eating disorders i personally i find that i think people don't take them as seriously because our society like you said disordered eating is really common um all these fad diets and society is always you'll see in tv shows people talk about eating disorders as if they're jokes and right. sort of stuff like that i know disney channel got in a big trouble a few years ago for making jokes about it on one of their programs and they cater to young girls um so what are some of the stigmas that you see kind of around people not really taking it seriously and how that sort of hinders people's recovery or wanting to seek different resources or talking about it? Mm -hmm. Well, I think one of the biggest stigmas, and it really bothers me, is that eating disorders only affect women mm -hmm. and that when they do affect men, it's only gay men. And that's not true at all. I, I'm a psychology major at Tulane, and I actually had a psychology professor tell our class that eating disorders only affect girls and when they oh affect gosh. boys it's only gay boys and I that really infuriated me yeah that's not true and that also prevents them from getting help it, it prevents you know people speaking up because they feel like they don't have the right to struggle or that this is only a problem that affects a certain type of person when in reality they affect everyone so that's a huge stigma another stigma is that you have to be underweight to have an eating disorder mm -hmm. that's absolutely not the case um you know, someone could look extremely healthy or be overweight or be underweight and have an eating disorder. Not everyone has to look a, a certain way. Eating disorders come in all body shapes and sizes. So that's definitely a big one as well. And I think oftentimes because of the stigma, people at a healthy weight or even people that are overweight feel like they don't deserve help because 
people aren't going to take them seriously. So that's those are definitely big ones. Yeah, I agree. I think also um, binge eating disorder. A lot mm. of people don't really realize that people sort of just think eating disorders are you starve yourself or you binge and purge to make yourself skinny. But um, what sort of education do you guys do towards all sorts of eating disorders? I think something that we try to do is just at our meetings, like I said, we're trying to educate. So we talk about all of eating disorders and make sure we're not only talking about anorexia or only bulimia or only binge eating, talking about all of them mm-hmm. and making it known that they're all just as serious and everyone deserves help no matter what type of eating disorder they struggle with. Um, but unfortunately, you know, we're not therapists. So it can be a little bit of a slippery slope because as much as we want to help everyone, we can't, we can't, you know, give therapy or really give advice. Mm -hmm. We just have to kind of push them in the right direction. If they do come to us and ask for help, um, just provide them with resources. Yeah. So then what would you suggest? So say someone has someone that they're very concerned about that has an eating disorder and they don't know how to approach that person. What sort of advice would you give to someone who wants to maybe talk or sort of coax someone into seeking help and seeking resources? That's a really great question. I think a lot of people don't know how to do this. And that's also because they're so stigmatized. People Mm -hmm. don't talk about it. And eating disorders can be, they can be tricky if you say the wrong thing. So I think definitely sit that person down and, you know, don't do it through text. Let them know that it's a serious conversation and speak from your perspective. Don't put any blame on the person. Just say what you've noticed, why you're concerned about it. Don't just go listing off things. Um, I think something that's very common with eating disorders is shame and guilt, and they will definitely feel shame around their behaviors if it's kind of said in a way that puts blame on them or like it's their fault. So definitely just point out why their behaviors are concerning and also offer, you know, different resources. Like I would suggest ahead of time looking into options for that person. You know, if it's someone on campus that you think they can handle an outpatient level treatment, then, you know, pointing them to the direction of the dietitian that students have for free to them on campus because of campus health or the counselor in the counseling center that specializes in eating disorders or the group that they offer for body image, something like that, just kind of offer a support for them and give them options, but also don't give them like an ultimatum that could be Mm -hmm. really harmful. And also sometimes a person fortunately is too far gone and too much into their eating disorder to be able to kind of do the healthy thing that they need to do for them and uh, it gets to a point sometimes where they do need treatment and they do need professional help. And it's not your job to fix your friend or your family member, your loved one. It's just your job to be there as their support and kind of ask them what they need and Mm -hmm. try to offer that to them. Yeah. So then what would you say are some maybe warning signs if you notice something in a friend? Because as we discussed, like disordered eating and fat eating and all that. It's really prevalent on, I mean, obviously college campuses, but almost anywhere. Um, I see adults that follow strict diets or all sorts of things. And so people can sort of blame it on, oh, I'm just following a diet or, oh, I'm just trying to get in shape for spring break or something like that. So how do you know when it's sort of crossed a line and has gone a little bit more into the eating disorder? I think it depends on the person. So you have to pay attention to how the person used to act and how they're different now. For example, I had a really close friend struggle and she used to be someone that was 
you know, really outgoing. It would go out a lot. It was really social. And I noticed the shift in her because she would stay home all the time, um, avoided anything that had to do with food. And this is more for someone that struggles, I guess, with anorexia or orthorexia, which is the obsession of being healthy and eating, uh, quote unquote, clean and pure. But I think is one of them is definitely withdrawing um, to hide your behavior. So this could be with binge eating also or bulimia. Um, going to the bathroom after meals could be a pretty obvious one. Having rigidity around your exercise. There are a lot of people that go to the gym for like an hour or more every single day. And if that routine is broken, then their anxiety kind of builds up. And that's something that you can just notice with the person if they have a routine and they have to follow it. Um, obviously, skipping meals, um, repeated excuses about not eating, just a lot of lies. And I think it eventually gets pretty obvious when you know someone is lying to you. Obviously, weight loss is one of them, but also weight gain is another one of them. There really are so many. I think you just have to know the person and see kind of how they've changed over time. Yeah, and that makes a lot of sense of it mm. sorts of kind of take over your life right. and sort of construct how you do all of your behaviors and sort of like control your life, which I also think is a big thing is um, control. And one thing that people don't really realize or some sort of myth I find around eating disorders is that people think it's all about food and it's not. It, there's a whole lot of other factors that go into it. So can you speak on that a little bit? Yeah. Eating disorders are not about food. They feel like they're about food in the moment when the person is struggling. And obviously for the people on the outside, you think it's all about food because this person is either choosing to overeat or choosing to undereat. It's what they're doing with the food, though. That's the problem. So as you mentioned, it's definitely a control thing. Oftentimes people eventually kind of fall into an eating disorder because things in their life feel out of control and the only thing they can control is their food. And that's not an idea that just kind of like switches off in their head. They wake up one day and they're like, oh, I'm going to control my food and I'm going to feel so much better. It's shifts that happen gradually over time. And before you know it, the eating disorder has a hold on a person. But they really are not about food. So people making comments like, why don't you just eat a burger or why don't you just <laughs> eat three meals a day and exercise and you'll be healthy. That's that's really harmful, actually, because if it were that easy you know, anyone that's struggling would do that. Um, eating disorders are really, really serious and really hard to get out of once they kind of have a hold on you. So it feels like it's about the food and the person might be complaining about the food, but that's just kind of masking an underlying issue that they need to work on. Yeah, that's a really good point. Um, let's see. What's one other myth that you would sort of want to debunk around eating disorders and that Project Heal sort of works to explain or bring to light, I guess. Well, this isn't really a myth, but just kind of a fact about them that I think people aren't aware of is that eating disorders have the highest mortality of any other mental illness. Mm -hmm. And every 62 minutes, someone dies, at least one person dies from an eating disorder. And that's a lot if you think about it. That is that's an insane amount of people that pass away from an eating disorder. And unfortunately, only one third of people that struggle receive treatment and not even residential treatment. It could just be outpatient treatment like a therapist, which sometimes is not enough. So I think in general, we need to work on 
destigmatizing eating disorders along with other mental illnesses because eating disorders often go hand in hand with depression and anxiety or bipolar and providing access to treatment for people because the barrier is there and that that makes it a lot harder for people to get better if they don't really have that access. I know in New Orleans, it's really difficult for people to get the help they need just because there's not really like an intermediate step. Um, on campus, we're lucky to have the people that we do, but sometimes that's not enough and a person needs a next level of care and not necessarily residential, which is when you go like sleep in a facility and stay there for a few months, but something like intensive outpatient, which is where you go to a center for a few nights a week and have meal support and groups and meet with a therapist and you have other people that are going through the same thing. So that's definitely something that's difficult here in New Orleans because a lot of students, at least in my experience, I've seen kind of need that extra step, but that step isn't there and eventually leads them to needing the highest level of care. Yeah, so it sort of just derails mm-hmm. and is a big, one big fast snowball, I feel like is something that people don't really realize is that it yeah. sort of just goes really quickly and you kind of get sucked down into this little vortex of it. But so on college campuses, especially, how big of an issue do you think that this is? And why do you think it's so important that stuff like Project Heal exists on college campuses specifically? I think it's a huge issue on college campuses that is not talked about enough. Not necessarily that everyone has an eating disorder. I mean, absolutely not. But I think a lot of people have eating disorders. A lot of people have disordered eating, which is different from an eating disorder. And a lot of people struggle with body image. So I think we need to tackle all of those issues, which is why Project Heal is so important on not just Tulane's campus, but campuses across the country as well, because we work to destigmatize. So talking about it and hopefully talking about it gets someone and like allow someone to get to a place where they feel like they can reach out for help and it's okay. And you know, they're not a burden or they're not crazy and there's not something wrong with them. Um, Also, just educating the general student body because I know a lot of people, you know, it's not necessarily their fault, but they don't know much about eating disorders and they can make comments that are ignorant or eventually they come across someone that they know on campus struggling and they don't really know what to say. So I think that's, that's a big one as well. And I think if we can all change the way we talk about our bodies around each other, it might change the way we view our bodies and kind of might help us work towards a more body positive society. Because right now, it's really unhealthy the way all of our bodies are being viewed and the way we view ourselves and feed off of each other and all these diets. Yeah, I know social media, I think, has really sort of catapulted a lot of these Mm -hmm. issues, and especially on college campuses, I know people are really involved with Snapchat and Instagram and following Victoria's Secret models and all sorts of celebrities and all sorts of things that, one, promote all these fad diets, two, post pictures of themselves that are heavily edited and all sorts of stuff like that. So what kind of body image and body positivity Uh, maybe activities or projects do you guys do to sort of combat all this stuff that college kids are constantly and younger kids I think too high school and middle schoolers are really heavily influenced by this but what sort of stuff do you guys do to sort of combat all this media saturation and stuff that kind of consumes young women and men Mm -hmm. on these campuses well one small thing that we do is I mean pretty basic but just posting positive things on our social media platforms and also something that project heal not our chapter but the national 
organization did recently, or I guess is still going on, is they just came out with a new campaign called Hashtag Done With Dieting. And this was in reference to Weight Watchers just opening up a new like free membership for all middle schoolers and high schoolers. <gasps> and that is just oh my goodness. mind-blowing. <laughs> yeah, because I think a lot of people think that you know, people go on a diet to do something good for themselves. And yeah, maybe that's the case, but people don't realize that diets are restrictive. Also, Weight Watchers, you know, their points are another way of counting calories. And mm -hmm. that can, you know, depending on the type of person, if it's a perfectionistic kind of person or someone that already has a genes for eating disorder or if something goes on in their lives that's stressful, it can kind of pull the trigger and lead to something more serious. So Project Teal just came out with this campaign and it's a bunch of individuals that are involved with Project Heal or that are not involved with Project Heal could be really anyone sharing their stories of their dieting experience and, you know, the negative consequences of it and why they are now done with dieting. And I think that's been a very empowering movement that has been going on among Project Heal to just kind of hear everyone's stories and know that you're not alone and that, yeah, dieting is pretty unhealthy despite yeah. what, you know, someone thinks. That's awesome because that's a very thin, thin line yeah. that once you kind of cross it, again, it's a big snowball effect. So mm -hmm. that's really great. But we only have a few minutes left. So uh, you mentioned resources and sort of a lack of resources in New Orleans. But um, what sort of resources do you know of that are on Tulane's campus? So maybe if someone listening is concerned about a friend or is concerned about themselves, what sort of resources can they get on Tulane or even just in the New Orleans community in general? Mm -hmm. So on Tulane, we have Sarah Walsh, who's the on-campus nutritionist, mm -hmm. and I think she actually specializes in eating disorders, so yeah. she's a great person to go to. Yeah. And there's also a counselor in the CAPS Counseling Center, and her name is Lee. She specializes in eating disorders as well, and they kind of work together as a team. There's also a psychiatrist on campus. Um, sometimes people, you know, just need help with mood disorders. Or depression. Um, in addition, they have a body image group. I'm not sure if it's going on this semester. I know they had it last semester and Lee leads it. Off campus, unfortunately, there really is not too much. Um, you know, in other states, at least like what I've found and what I've learned through experiences with my family and friends is that there is a lot of options. There is intensive outpatient, like I spoke about. There's partial hospitalization, which is when you're almost at needing that residential level, but you don't need to stay there overnight. You're just there during the day and then you go home at night. Um, there are a few therapists in the uptown area that specialize in eating disorders. Unfortunately, there are not too many. I think there's an, a peer support group that is starting in a few weeks with a therapist named Julia Glorioso. So if anyone wants to check that out, I'm sure the information's on her website. And lastly, there is a treatment center. It's inpatient. It's called River Oaks Residential Treatment Facility, and they treat really everything. They do PTSD, depression. Um, they have a psychiatric hospital. They do substance abuse, but I think they also do have an eating disorder unit. So if someone kind of gets that point that the eating disorder just takes over and they can't do it on their own anymore, then, I mean, we have that in the area. Great. Okay. And so then for my last question, if someone wanted to get in touch with you, whether either to get involved in the club or just to reach out for maybe some resources, how would they get in contact with you and Project Heal? Um, you could email me at Tulane at theprojectheal.org. You could also find us on Facebook, the Project Heal 
Tulane chapter, and we also have Instagram Project Heal Tulane. Okay, amazing. So they can just reach out to you mm-hmm. guys on any one of those platforms. Yep. Awesome. All right. Well, I'm bummed. We're almost out of time. I feel like this is such a big issue for people to talk yep. about, and there's so many things to um, talk about. So what's one final point that you kind of want to make around body positivity or eating disorders or anything like that that you wish people knew, I guess? That's a tough one. There's so much <laughs> I wish people would know. I would say just educate yourself. Really, everybody knows somebody. That's not just the saying. It's true. So many individuals struggle, unfortunately, and are really ashamed to ask for help or kind of past that point and need someone to recognize that they're struggling. So just educate yourself. Do your part. Be open-minded. Listen if someone's struggling. And don't be surprised because, like I said, eating disorders don't discriminate. So it could be anyone that you know. That's really good. That's excellent. Um, and for all of our listeners, I just want to point out that the National Eating Disorder Awareness Association does have a hotline that you can call Monday through Thursday, 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. Eastern Time, and Friday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m., and their number is 800-931-2237. So thank you so thank much you. for joining us. Um, it was really great, and I wish you luck with the rest of making Project Heal this big, amazing thing in the next few years. So thank you. Thank very much. you.